Welcome back, everybody. This is the Hop Nation USA podcast. I am your host, Adam. With me is Steve. He hasn't said anything yet, but as soon as I'm done talking, I'm sure he will say something and you will recognize who he is. Yes. Nicely done. Yes, that is Steve. I am Adam. This is the Hop Nation USA podcast, and this is episode 187. On another cover cop. We've reached the end. <laughs> I don't th- no, it's not the end. <laughs> the, it is the long enough timeline. Just because we get to the point that we start referencing Dre and Snoop songs from the nineties <laughs> doesn't mean the show ends. <laughs> uh, you know how old I feel hearing all the songs from my youth being used to paddle trucks, uh-huh. <laughs> electronics uh-huh. and arthritis medication. And all that shit. <laughs> that, Damn it. That is going to be great. Like, I'll, I'll never see it because, like, I don't watch ads. I just I do my best to never watch an ad in my life. But uh, when we get to the point that boner pills are going to be marketed with Blink-182 songs. Well, Acura ads. already has that corner marketed because they're already using Blink-182. Fine. Angels and Airwaves. I don't know. There you go. It doesn't matter. Yes. <laughs> Let's get some alien conspiracies in there somehow. Fucking uh, taking back Sunday for your boner pills. <laughs> sure. Stabbing westward. I mean, that one kind of makes a little bit of sense. Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, so does taking back Sunday because you're taking back your Sundays with your boner pills. Ah, that's right. Yeah. So, yeah, we uh, we get to experience what all the other generations have had before us. Gross. <laughs> not, all the other, not all the other generations. You, you, like, only the past three before that there was no tv (laughs) this is true this is very true so i'll say the past generations that are still alive with some notable exceptions right the the timeline of television advertising and you know the disgustingness at at which advertising has become you know is very 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 slim (laughs) i i would i would start it at the greatest generation i think they probably caught the first wave of it Oh yeah, because they still had they had the radio ads. They had the Campbell Soup Variety Hour. You know, mm-hmm. exactly. That was that was a big giant ad in itself. Here comes fucking Betty Crocker, fucking Radio Golden Time, where the shit. Happy old Daniel Flower Hour. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so they they got all of that, but it's yeah, steeped in old timey music. We're we're reaching pinnacle advertising now with fucking SEOs and the algorithm basically controls your life and what you see. So I appreciate that you just called it the algorithm. That's all it is now. <laughs> That's all it is now. That's we just our our life is dictated by the algorithm. <laughs> Dale Gribble unsophisticatedly <laughs> referred to it as the beast, but it is the algorithm. <laughs> <laughs> He's not wrong. It is the beast. Uh, I guess we should talk about beer so that we can refine our algorithm. And we'll also refine somebody else's algorithm as they listen to the show. Yes, let us do that. Steve, would you like to go first on what beer you're drinking right now? Sure. Why not? Okay. The beer I'm drinking tonight is called the Venti. 
It is, mm. it is from a Voodoo Brewing out of, you know, Meadville, but also a bunch of other places. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I have their Cafe Con Leche Venti. It is a blonde ale made with coffee and lactose. I like that combination. Yeah, me too. That's why I picked it up. <laughs> Good beer? Uh, yeah, so far it's okay. Um, it's a little cold, so I'm hoping mm. to get more coffee flavor off of it as i continue to drink it but that makes yeah sense. that makes sense yeah for now it's i mean it's well balanced it's not overly sweet so like those are good things to start with um the a little uh, has a little nice mouthfeel to it because of the lactose mm-hmm. so it's a little creamy i i like that combination that sounds like a kind of beer that i would like yeah, I mean, yeah, I think you would like it too. Uh, just so far, I wish there was a little bit more coffee flavor on it. Uh, comparatively, you you would compare this to like Cold Drip City from Spoonwood. And okay, all right. If if it's in the same ballpark as Cold Drip City, I'm there. Right, it's kind of in the same ballpark, but I, I think Cold Drip City is both less thick and it has more coffee flavor. I, I understand exactly what you're saying. Yeah. It almost seems like the venti add a little bit more uh, more coffee mate. Yeah, yeah. There's a little more coffee mate in this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, nice. otherwise, pretty decent. Right on. What uh, are you drinking? For me, I have the Sorbetto number 11 from Ooh. Evergreen. Ooh. Yes. This is what it is in the glass. Very nice. Yes. This is a murder beer because this is going to murder any attempts to uh, – Keeping under my calorie count for the day. Yeah, that's fucking big old glass of candy that you got there. It's exactly what it is. Uh, this is uh, number 11 of their Sorbetto series. Uh, they got the poisonberry, the blackberry, the blueberry, and the marshmallow. Yeah. And it's, it's a treat. That's all it is. It's a treat. It's just treats. Uh, where'd you pick that one up at? I actually picked that up at House of Brews. Okay. Yeah. That one's I, that one I'll admit I've had in the fridge for... Uh, you know, I'll, I'll say a week or two, maybe three. Yeah. But uh, this seemed like the, the good opportunity to get at it because uh, I like I like it. Yeah, I've had a few of their Sorbettos before. I've never had the number 11, mm-hmm. but I like this beer as well. So, yeah, I like whatever Grain's doing. Do you, do you think I would like one of those? I think you would if you are in the right mood. Okay. If just that makes like, sense. Yeah. Yeah, just because I've seen them out and about. And like they had the one that was the Yin's Beddow. Mm-hmm. And I've I've been, you know, debating whether to pick one of those up because they seem pretty popular, but at the same time, it's not a style that's, you know. Right. It is not way. overly it is not overly sour. Okay. It is much more on the the fruit side than the sour side. Okay. And so I maybe, think, I, maybe think I should the, just look out for a fruit combination that I like. Yes. Yes. Sure. If you, and especially if you can find a single. Yeah. Do well, that. I mean, if I'm at House of Brews, I can get a single. Yeah, that's uh, that's exactly how this one came to be. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I've actually seen a lot of those at JRs, which is usually where I see them, and Ooh, I okay. I don't buy them at JRs because they're almost never a single. Well, you just got to talk to the right guy or gal. Yeah, because <laughs> yeah. they got a mix of six, don't they? They have a mix of six, but it like it's just rotating of what's in there. Mm, I see. Yeah, it's it's never the same thing. So, yeah, yeah. 
Find it, get it, try it. Okay. I'll be on the lookout. Okay. Yeah. Evergreen. Where are they out of Camp Hill? They're on the other side of the state. Yeah, they're out of Camp Hill. Sam's a big yep. fan of them because he, he likes their uh, IPAs. Well, I like their sours. So next time Sam goes out that way, I'll tell him to pick me up some. Near that Evergreen, start making some stouts. <laughs> <laughs> that way you can get a seal of approval from three people from the Hub Nation USA podcast. <laughs> and that's something that we can never take away from you. Gosh darn evergreen. <laughs> uh, so what do you say we get in some news notes, maybe some neats? Can do. All right. So I, this first story is very apropos, uh, considering the beer that you are drinking, Steve, uh-huh. because it involves voodoo brewing. Oh, uh, yes. I, it's almost I like I knew the news ahead of time. <laughs> Whoa. It's almost like we talked about this beforehand. Yes. So, yes, Voodoo, they are expanding yet again. Yes, they are. They now they are now going to have a new location in beautiful Indiana, Pennsylvania. Moving in. The home of Indiana University of Pennsylvania. Yeah. Moving in uh, now, levity territory. They are. They are. Uh, they're going to be in the old Boonies Bar. I have no idea where that's at. I assume there's some IUP alum that knows where everything is. Yeah. <laughs> so, so talk Surely. to them. There's got to be an IUP alum on your Facebook or in your office or somewhere. <laughs> Probably shotgunning a beer. <laughs> just look Probably. for Probably. <laughs> yes. So just find them and ask them where boonies is that's where voodoo will be uh, unfortunately there is no opening date that i could find uh, taking a look at their instagram and their facebook page they are making some some really nice changes inside the building mm-hmm. uh, and what's what's other other thing that's interesting is this is independently owned and operated this is not a true blue voodoo facility which i could find a word that worked for facility that we worked with true and blue and voodoo <laughs> gotta hit that rhymezone.com figure it out I, I know so i got something to do in the break but yes this is a franchise location uh that is something that uh that voodoo has been working working on they have a few franchise locations i think their first one is over in ohio cleveland i believe mm, yeah i think it was opened out of state the first franchise yes so they they now have 13 locations in total or I say 13 permanent locations. Right. Because they had that one down at DC that was in a bunch of uh, shipping containers and stuff like that. Yeah. Well, there was another one in State College that was also shipping containers, I think. But That's yeah. true, too. Yeah. So, so who knows where that one will be? Because I yeah. assume they'll have another one. I don't know. Rochester. Or... Sure. Why not? Voodoo's Columbus. Taking Voodoo's yeah, exactly. taking over. It's a voodoo creep. They're, uh... yeah, exactly. There, there needs to be a brewery like on the other side of the state that starts doing this kind of shit because we're getting into a real sheets Wawa war, but there's no Wawa yet. Well, you have Sly Fox. Okay, Sly Fox because they, they do have the one location on this side of the state downtown. Yes. So and they're planning. I, I guess they're still planning to open another one. I more, believe more so. That, but... There, yeah. So maybe Sly Fox can start opening some more locations. Maybe Evil Genius. How about that? I'll buy into that. Evil Genius can start opening some tap rooms because you know you, we we need to have a you know a Sheets Wawa war with our breweries. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I I fully support that. As soon as they cross that Altoona line, that's when they start fighting. <laughs> the Altoona line. <laughs> Jeez, 
get past the curve and it all changes. <laughs> so yeah, uh, Voodoo is opening more. Indiana, Pennsylvania. No idea when. Check their Instagram. Check their Facebook page. There'll be updates there. Dope. But uh, just happy to see that Voodoo is expanding. It's good things. Yeah. Yeah. Again, PA breweries continue to expand within the pandemic. I don't. Yes. And by the way, I stole that information directly from breweries in PA. Oh, for sure. So I just want to credit where credit is due. Yeah. Yeah. They were, right. they were first to report on it. Mm-hmm. Totally stolen. Yeah, but that's fine. <laughs> Look, our job is to read the news to people who don't have time to read the news. That's right. We are we are essentially, you know, this first segment is essentially the audiobook form of the news. <laughs> we are the aggregate for what we think is important. That's right. And we'll, and we'll pay as much importance to stories as we feel they need. Yes. Uh, we are the we are the tastemakers when it comes to beer news. Yeah. For example, I'm not going to spend a lot of time on this because I don't really give a shit. <laughs> but oh, great. Trillium, you can now mm, buy yes. it in PA. Uh, yeah, I heard about that. Yeah, I don't care. Moving on. <laughs> <laughs> now, is that is that something that, for my clarification, is mm-hmm. that something that you can get it shipped, or is it going to be shipped to distributors to buy? Uh, it's a ship to your house. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah, because there's, there's just a number of breweries anymore that they're applying because PA's laws allow for this. Mm-hmm. Breweries outside of the state are now just applying to licenses to ship into PA. Aha. Uh-huh. Because our, our laws have been so fucking goofy for so long, <laughs> and now they've been lifted. So all of these, you know, were obviously a market for beer. Like... <laughs> Duh. Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, <laughs> why do you think we're doing this? Like frigging a doy. <laughs> yeah, we wouldn't be doing this if we were in a bear, a beer desert. Yeah, yeah. The Mid Atlantic is ripe for fucking beer drinking. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, so Trillium is a part of that. They're just jumping on the bandwagon. I don't care about it, and I'm not really interested in supporting it. And it, I don't know. I'm not. I'm not driven by hype and FOMO like that. And support local <laughs> agree well that was that was the reason that i asked if it was a ship to your door situation or it was going to be distributed in here right 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 yeah because if, if it's distributed here i'll pick some up yeah well yeah. uh if if it's gonna if i have to seek it out and ship it to my house and buy a case for 85 dollars in my house eh. yeah and that's my what it is can, my money can go elsewhere right right yeah, I, I don't get this. I don't know. I'm sort of a hypocrite in this way because I do still just like buy random sixers of stuff that's out of state. Mm-hmm. But like also at the same time, like we're going through this whole support local. I'm not interested. I'm not necessarily interested in buying the answer right now or shipping other half or shipping Trillium. Right. Keep it in the Keystone State. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I, I I don't want us to end up in a situation where people are throwing all the all this money at these hype breweries, and then somebody in PA falls to the wayside because of that. Right. So completely agree. Yeah. Interestingly, though, sort of tied to that is we're mm-hmm. talking about how our laws are less fucky. Um, <laughs> that's a technical term, right? Yeah, that's a real technical term on that one. Uh, legal legalese. <laughs> 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 but uh i was reading an article that south carolina 
is actually introducing bills to finally legalize shipping to their uh, direct uh, directed doorstep. They haven't done that yet. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> how, how is it that Pennsylvania is ahead of another state when it comes to beer laws? I know. Well, yeah, uh, I think it's because we're surrounded by more progressive states. I guess you could say that. Yeah. Yeah. West Virginia is a socialist haven. <laughs> well, not West Virginia. <laughs> I don't know. West Virginia is a beast unto its own. Like it is. They're good at distributing vaccines, though. So credit where credit is due. I guess if they they do the one thing they do, like <laughs> she's like every now and then West Virginia gets one, but like yeah. They're <laughs> but anyway, yes, because we're more surrounded by like Ohio, New York, Virginia. I think our our vice laws are get more dictated by the people around us. True. Yeah. Uh, South Carolina, it's in the South and the South is pretty, you know, conservative through a lot of different things for a lot of different reasons that we won't talk about on this show. Yeah. I mean, you know what they are. You're not stupid, (laughs) 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 but uh, we just don't have to verbalize it. Yeah. We don't have to verbalize it, but yeah. So South Carolina is finally introducing a couple bills to allow for beer to be beer, wine, and spirits all to be shipped directly to your door. That's awesome. Did they say when it was going to start or when it's going to open up? For that? I mean, just as, soon, just as soon as they pass it. Oh, so, good. Yeah. I, I, I'm rooting for that. But apparently, like, they, they opened up for, like, drive through and curbside service during the pandemic. So they at mm-hmm. least took that step, but they just didn't take the full step to direct to door. And that it, it, those steps were were necessary. Yeah. And I would be very surprised if any of those get rescinded. Yeah, that curve. I don't know that, how how you could pull those back. You can't put that toothpaste back in the tube. No. And you shouldn't. No. Hell, hell it, yes, curbside. <laughs> you know, if, if if you're looking out for small business, that's going to help small businesses. One hundred. Yep. Yep. Drink local. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> And there's one thing that will help that, which is actually kind of sad news. I have a murder story. No, no. Who was murdered? (laughs) Olympia Beer. Oh, no. Who killed them? Paps Brewing Company. Ah. Those sons of bitches. I got them. Yes, Olympia Beer. That is definitely a West Coast beer. Mm -hmm. It it, uh, comes out of Washington, the beautiful state of Washington. They'd been around for, I don't know, 125 years or so. But yeah. unfortunately, due to the decline of demand and the uh, inability to find investors, mm-hmm. Olympia is dead. Uh, yeah. Okay. So, like, how, like, what space were they really occupying? What was the beer? You know, it, it was it just a tweak on the recipe of what Miller is contract brewing for Paps. So the way I looked at it was Olympia was the West coast version of hams or old style. Right. Yeah. That's what, that's what I'm saying. It's just like old style sticks around because it has roots in Chicago. Brewers fucking love hams. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like, Uh, but I've never heard anybody talk about Olympia. Well, I, I have a hunch that there's a lot of West coast brewers that will get down on some Olympia possibly possibly but uh, yeah i just i've never heard any talk about it so mm-hmm. the only the my only touch to olympia is i have a olympia pint glass oh very so, nice yeah it came in like a four pack 
with a Lone Star and an old Milwaukee. Did you get that from 1978? Yeah. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> it, it was actually gifted to me by somebody who was like, oh, he likes beer. And then just like didn't understand that they just gifted me a four pack pint of shit glasses. <laughs> I mean, that's still kind of neat. I'll be, I'll be honest. Yeah. I mean, yeah, they're, they're mostly all rubbed off, but yeah. <laughs> that's still pretty neat. But uh, the official press release uh, did leave the door open for possibly bringing Olympia back. If somebody wants to uh, step in and pump a whole bunch of money into it. Well, of course, because there's no brewery. It's, it's just a brand. <laughs> right. Right. Because <laughs> uh, the, the original brewery in, in Tumwa- Tumwater, Washington, no longer produces it. It is contract brewed or was contract brewed. Yeah. So it's not made in its original brewery anymore. It's made in California or wherever they can. Right. So that I think that's kind of what they were looking at was trying to bring it back to its roots, back to Washington, and they weren't able to find anybody that could foot the bill. Yeah. Yeah, I think the only thing that they're saving is they're just saving money on fucking, like, printing ink. Pretty much. <laughs> they're just not printing that logo anymore. Yep. <laughs> they are, however, going to keep their Olympia vodka line, which I had no idea existed. Mm, me either. They, they opened a distillery and... I think it was 2019 or 2020. Hmm. And so that's sticking around. Beer's gone. Vodka's in. Yeah. That makes sense. Cocktails. Everybody's doing cocktails in a can. Mm-hmm. Now. <laughs> everything's, everything's all fancy. Yeah. That was, that was just probably like a way they were trying to like, like uh, experiment with the brands. Cause like PBR, they experimented with the hard coffees. Mm-hmm. So then, like, they went the distiller route with Olympia. It's like, hey, does this work? What's good? <laughs> Just gotta oh, it cast- actually does. <laughs> you got to cast those lines, you know, see mm-hmm. what's going to hit. <laughs> yep. And it turns out the vodka did hit. So, yeah, there's another another death of a, um, I'll say, a classic beer, a throwback beer. Olympia is dead unless you got a lot of money and you want to save it. Cool. So, speaking of resurrections and people with money, Fellow by the name of Cliff Forrest, which sounds like a made-up name, but isn't. <laughs> he uh, he's kind of a mining magnet in the uh, PA area. All right. Uh, a couple years ago, he bought Pittsburgh Brewing Company. Uh, now he's bought the old Pittsburgh Glassworks factory in Creighton, and they're All going right. to bring back Iron City to actually being brewed in Allegheny County. Ah, okay. Because it, it's currently being brewed in Latrobe, right? Right. It's on contract in Latrobe. So they're looking to bring it back to a facility that they control. Hmm. Yes, because it, le- it left the Lawrence uh, Lawrenceville brew house about 12 years ago. Mm. And now they're looking to bring it back and brew it themselves again. So it's not just a contract brew. That is excellent news. I guess. Hey, man, that's that's more jobs. I'm about it. <laughs> okay. Okay, fair enough. All right, more jobs. More jobs in Allegheny County. I'm here for it. Okay. I can, I can go with that reasoning. Yes. Yeah. Uh, they're looking to, like, they're converting it now, and then they're looking to get it up and brewing by 2022. Excellent. And apparently they're shipping in a hundred barrel system from Germany. Oh. 
So is, is it just the Iron City, or are they running the the whole line? Like, are they running Old German through it as well? Or I cannot speak to Old German, um, but they do have plans to. Uh, I don't. I don't want to say buff or they. Uh, the whole the whole reason for all of this is just retaking control of the brand. Because mm-hmm. a lot of people aren't happy with the way the brand has gone, and they are going to be continuing Blockhouse. So, oh, <laughs> so All right. that, that could go one of two ways. <laughs> it just could be more Blockhouse and it's bad, or they could, you know, actually take time to fix that brand. I'm gonna, yeah. I'm gonna, I'm gonna stick with the uh, more jobs in Iron City. Yeah. Right. Hey, they could fix it. The other thing they could do is resurrect Red Hot Iron. <laughs> uh, see that it it honestly wouldn't take much to to I would say not not fix Blockhouse, but raise its level. Because there's enough talent in this city. There's enough brewing talent and an acumen that somebody could come in there and make a really good product. Oh, for sure. Yeah, you that could one hundred percent happen. There is there is enough in this city to spare. Yeah, you could, could go in there and do that. You could make a premium line the same way Genesee did with their Pilot House series, mm-hmm. and I think we've had at least two or three of them between the two of us. Oh yeah, that weren't like they weren't terrible. I think I, I think I had the salted caramel. I believe I had? we had the salted caramel. Did we have that on the show? We might have. Yeah, I think we had that on the show, but they didn't hate it. So it's like exactly. Yeah, there, there's room for these larger regional breweries because I mean Iron City that's known across the state and probably farther, and mm-hmm. like they're looking to get it back up to the point that they're brewing seven hundred fifty thousand barrels. Iron City is Pittsburgh's beer, bar right? Nine. So if you fix that Blockhouse brand, you could create, you know, a a rotating line of i don't know like eight beers you don't have Mm -hmm. to have a huge crazy portfolio that you change all the time but you could put in you know an ipa or red ale and then you know four seasonals and And you could you could kind of turn turn the brewery into uh you know a destination yeah yeah you just have like something a little extra but it Mm -hmm. just that fucking that blockhouse chocolate is such garbage (laughs) <laughs> that pumpkin is worse. I don't know. I haven't had it in a long time. Well, yeah, I'll me be either. Because <laughs> uh, that's the thing is that Blockhouse showed up, and then a lot of other good breweries in Pittsburgh showed up too. Yeah, which were way better. Oh yeah. So I just went over there, and I didn't care about Blockhouse anymore. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm not. I'm not looking for miracles. All I'm looking for is respectable beer. Yeah, and but that's the thing. If they could, if they could make something respectable that's also cheaper mm-hmm. like more power to them i w- it, i would fully endorse that yeah but i that that it's a viable market of cheaper craft mm-hmm. in like i'm thinking of like the the pen brewery ipa yeah that's a that's a really good ipa that you could just kind of show up to like any tailgate or anything and most people would enjoy it I, I think that would be a good angle to take is, you know, good beer at a tailgate, not right. necessarily, or, or a good tailgate beer, I think would be a better way of putting it. Yeah, just something cheap and 
kind of uh, applicable to everybody. Right. And I, I, I hope that's how they reinvigorate the Blockhouse brand, but I don't know. <laughs> Do I, I, I'll say that I am pulling for them in mm-hmm. that regard. Okay. But I, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna stand here and lie if it's bad. Yeah. 2023. Look for our review of the Blockhouse lineup. lineup. <laughs> <laughs> that's the news for the week. Um, that's neat. Yeah. I don't got much else. I don't either. Oh, let's talk about the beers here. Okay. Let's come back to the, the beers. Yeah. The uh, the Sorbetto, the number 11, the old number 11. Yeah, this is a good beer. I'm not surprised by that. Right on. I don't think anybody else should be either. If you've ever had one of these Sorbettos from Evergreen, it's good. It's sort of like what Steve said, kind of find the fruit combination that you like. That'll be your best bet. But I haven't had a bad one yet, and this one's right in line with that. It's a good beer. It's it's thick without being overwhelming. It's got a good bit of tartness, not sourness, but tartness to it. Mm-hmm. That uh, it definitely makes it enjoyable, but it is also 100% a dessert beer. You are not going to be drinking a whole bunch of these unless you want to just wear sweatpants for the next three days. <laughs> man i swear there's no way i if you're out there and you have just like gone hard and had like a six pack of these few uh, fruit puree oh. beers if you had like a six pack of those and like how do you not get the green apple splatters after that <laughs> i was thinking diabetes but yeah there's that too yeah it's just like how do you not get the green apple splatters from drinking so much fruit and sugar all at the same time i don't know i i do let let's me know. Not, let's not go down into that. Yeah. Let, Email us at <laughs> gmail.com. Let me know. Do you get the green apple splatters from drinking too much sorbetto? <laughs> let's let's walk that back more. a little bit. Yeah. Fruited sours. <laughs> does, does a long night of smoogies just ruin your porcelain? <laughs> Let me know. <laughs> we'll feature you on our next episode of Hot Nation USA. I'll, I'll read all your poop emails. <laughs> Send it in. <laughs> Well, you open yourself up to that one. You're going to get in all sorts of poop emails now. Yeah. It's not a fetish thing. It's a science thing. (laughs) I just want to be clear about that. So don't try to make it sexy or anything. I just want to know. Uh, Anyways, voodoo. How is the venti? The venti, the cafe con leche ale. It's fine. Yeah. Yeah. Did it get any better once it warmed up? Nah, not really. Oh, it's right. yeah, it's still kind of maintain the mild coffee flavor. Uh, like I said before, though, it's it's completely drinkable. You could put a number of these away because it's only like six and a half percent. Actually, I think that's what this one is as well. Let me take a look here. It is also six and a half percent. Yeah. So, so there it, you go. We're both rocking some six and a halfers. <laughs> 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 but uh, it's Moving not. Along. But it's not, um, yeah, like I said, it's it's not overly sweet. So this isn't a dessert beer. It's mm-hmm. pretty, like, it's pretty mild overall. So you can just drink a number of these. Uh, but the coffee flavor isn't that strong. So th- there's pluses and minuses to that. I like was a really... Go on. I was going to say, was there any word on where they sourced the coffee from? Was there a local roaster or anything like that? Uh, I thought I said it at the beginning, but if I didn't, it's Happy Mug Coffee. Oh, okay. But yeah, otherwise, like if you 
you know, I like a really strong coffee flavor on my beers mm-hmm. just because I like really strong coffee flavor. I drink coffee black. So, uh, <laughs> but if, but if you don't want your palate burned out by bitterness, then this uh, beer won't do that to you. So there you go. All right. Yeah. So it sounds like a, it's a good beer, but not quite up to what your preferences are. Right. Gotcha. Sounds like it's more up my alley. Yeah, yeah. I mean, again, it's also just a Blondale, so you know, it's it's pretty. Like I said, it's. I keep saying mild, but I mean that's just what it is. Mm-hmm. It's just a mild ale all over. I mean, they don't. They don't all have to try to actively kill you. Eh, well, <laughs> I prefer. All right, well, <laughs> speaking of murder things, yeah, <laughs> I think it's time for us to take a quick break. Uh-huh. Steve can get himself a new weapon. I can get myself a new weapon. Yes. And uh, we'll be back. First Sip Brew Box is a -a one-of-a-kind subscription service for craft beer lovers based right here in Pittsburgh. Every month, First Sip will send you a box full of craft beer enthusiast essentials, including t-shirts, glassware, and even food. Right now, our friends at First Sip Brew Box have an offer for you. Just sign up for a three-month subscription and get your fourth month free. Just enter the code HOPUSA when you sign up at firstsipbrewbox.com. That's H-O-P-U-S-A at checkout to get your fourth month free at firstsipbrewbox.com. Welcome back, everybody. It's a 187. Steve said it earlier. I don't have to say it again. It's our murder episode. Yeah. So we're talking murder things. Murder. I'm, I assume there's some sort of ominous organ in the background now. No. It's for the aw. Nope. Okay. Not this time. This Steve yelling murder things. Murder. <laughs> murder was the case that they gave me. We got beers to drink. We got murder to talk. Yeah. I'll go first this time. Okay. Keeping it local. Keeping it on the western side of Pennsylvania this time. Hitchhiker. This is their subsurface. This is their pineapple and mango version. Uh, this is a smoothie sour. Comes in about 7% ABVs. What's interesting on this one is this one has a lot more of a fruit flavor than it does a sourness to it. Okay. Yeah, it, ooh, it's got a lot of fruitiness to it. That Evergreen had a lot more sugar, if that makes sense. Well, a lot, it has a bit more, more. It listed marshmallow as an ingredient. Right, so. <laughs> yes. Th- th- I'm not speaking revelations here. Yeah. But this one, this one definitely has more of a V8 fusion vibe to it. Oh, okay. I get down on those. Yeah. Yeah. If you like V8 fusions, you'd like this, especially since it's 7% ABV. V8 fusion used to be a fucking diet for me back in the day. Oh. <laughs> well, now hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Okay. <laughs> Explain. Now, just not just like the regular fusions. Mm-hmm. But like the uh, the lights, I think okay. the, I think the lights were only like fifty calories a serving. That's a lot more respectable, right? So like what we would do because me and a couple other guys, like we would uh, we would just basically have that all day. Mm-hmm. But like, say you get you drink like half half of those in a day, and then you would fill up the rest with water. So it ah. so you still like you still maintain hydration and it cuts that in half and that'll carry you from breakfast through lunch 
and then you have a sensible dinner. That makes sense. That actually makes a lot of sense. And you get all your fucking vitamin C's and whatnots. Well, this uh, this subsurface that can definitely be part of a sensible dinner. Somehow, yeah. I don't know. You figure it out. It's your diet. <laughs> you figure it out. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, to take a look at it, I mean, it even kind of looks like a version of a V8 Fusion. Juice. It's juicy. It's it's good. I mean, to the surprise of no one, guess what? Hitchhiker made another good beer. Yeah. Revelations again. Big fucking surprise. <laughs> now they, they make good stuff. They keep making good stuff. Yeah. Would drink again. Cool. Good to know. Yes. So, what about you, Steve? What do you, uh, what do you got in the hopper? Well, I am being a hypocrite because, like I said, I just went on that whole drink local fucking tirade from last segment. But I did say I was a hypocrite in that. Ah, <laughs> but, death by coconut. Yes, but yes, for theme-wise for the show, I'm drinking, yes. I'm drinking the Oscar Blues Death by Coconut. Yeah, I totally did that too with the subsurface because it's bodies are buried because it's under the surface. Okay. That's what I'm going with. Anyways, back to the death by coconut. Nice try, but <laughs> it's on the fly. <laughs> yeah, I'll let the judges decide that one. <laughs> um uh, boy. I try not to use the phrase suntan lotion, but oh. Boy, oh boy, <laughs> it's kind of rough not to with this one. So the name is absolutely correct then. Yeah, sure. Yeah. It is it, death by coconut. Yeah, it is. It's a little too much, actually. I love coconut. I have like dried coconut right next to me. So but, do you just have like a snacking pile? Yeah, I, have a, I bought like a bunch of uh, freeze-dried fruits at um, mm. Big Lots. They're on sale. Buy two, get one free. So I bought some. Sense. So I bought some uh, ginger chips, which is just like sliced up ginger mm-hmm. with a little bit of crystallized sugar. Uh, they had freeze. Uh, they have coconut strips, and then I got uh, guava chili. Ooh, which was yeah, dried guava with uh, with a chili coating. That sounds really good. It is. It's spicy. Ah, I need to a go Pisces. to Big Lots. Yeah, a Pisces. But yeah, I, I don't got, know if one Big Lots, two Big Lots around here. Oh shoot, I got a Big Lots around me now. That's right. <laughs> Bruh, bruh. Moon. Yeah, bruh. Yeah. Bruh, you got to go to Moon because you know what else? That fucking, that? that fucking Kmart? Yeah. It's an oldie now. Shit. Yeah, it's a good oldie too because it's new. Shit. Yeah. It's bruh. changing the game. Moon Township's changing the game. Get that oldie in, get that big lots in. And save all my money for beer. For sure. But yeah, uh, Damn. All right. That's awesome. I didn't, <laughs> I didn't realize I was going to be hyped for Big Lots and Oldies, but here we are. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, adulthood. That, moon, that moon oldie, they got the fucking mm-hmm. lobster dip, the lobster roll dip. Yeah. yeah. You get some lobster roll dip and you get some of them blue corn tortilla chips. Yeah. <sighs> Aldi, why you got to be like that? <laughs> that's, that's the way you live high on the hog in your mid-30s. <laughs> <laughs> I'm okay with that. You know what? I don't, I don't have to put on airs anymore. Yeah, that's fancy snacking for me. <laughs> yeah, I'm good with that. I'll get down on some all these stuff. They get, do they have a decent cheese selection there? Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, again, it's it's a newer built Aldi, so. Oh, yeah, I'll be there. They got a good cheese selection on there. 
they actually halved that Kmart or thirded it. So like a third of it is Aldi and like the other two thirds is a college. I don't know. <laughs> you imagine how awesome that would be as a college kid? <laughs> to go to college in a Kmart? No, that's not cool. Well, what I meant was after you're done with your Kmart college, <laughs> you can walk next door to Aldi's and do your grocery shopping. Done with it. I would be going in and out for snacks all day. <laughs> kidding me? In between classes. Oh, I'm going to go get some nice cheeses and some crackers. Yeah. How could, yeah. Oh, how awesome would that be? I'm going to have charcuterie during fucking econ. <laughs> <laughs> oh, now I'm jealous. And that's how we avoid talking about Death by Coconut by mm-hmm. Oscar Blues. <laughs> And scene. It's scene. Yeah, it's uh, it's not really that good. Don't like it. Oh, all right. Yeah, it's too That's much. Okay. Oscar Blues makes other things. So yeah, they make other things. I still like Ten Fifty, but this is, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, don't love it. And that's coming from somebody who like really loves coconut. That says something. Yeah. yeah. This is probably too much for a lot of people. I'll I'll go I'll go uh, take care of some little yellow pills. I'll be down with that. Mm-hmm. Anyways, anyways, we're talking murder, and as we talked about at the beginning, we, this isn't our first rodeo at the Meritor Dance. Uh, we had the story earlier about Nine Band Brewery, and boy, oh boy, what a roller coaster that one oh, was! Mess. Is there any update to that? I've looked. No. Oh, all right. <laughs> oh, yeah, I did look just to see if I could provide anything, but no, nah, it like doesn't seem like anything's moved forward in that case so nothing there yet but i'm sure we'll come back to it when something does happen we also talked about making a murderer in the past yes because it was the hot thing to talk about (laughs) (laughs) uh but i did a little research this week and i went into the past and found some more famous brewery related murders tell me more I will. So let's go way, way back to the pre-prohibition days. In I guess you can call that prohibition. Uh, I won't. <laughs> <laughs> well, I will. And we're going to go all the way down to San Antonio, Texas. Home of the Alamo. Yeah, home of the Alamo. Also that- home of Pearl Brewing. That's You know what? That sounds like a Texas brewery. Yeah. <laughs> that just sounds like it'd be out of Texas. Yeah, well, it is. And uh, Pearl Brewing uh, was owned by Otto Kohler. So, Hmm. yes, Uh, Pearl Brewing kind of came about from just the general investments of people. And Otto Kohler was one of the richest, if not the richest man in the southwest of America, like Cliff Forrest in his made up name. He was also (laughs) he was also heavily invested in mining operations. Aha. Okay. And then he took his millions and turned that into uh, investing in breweries. So in 1883, there was the arrival of the city brewery, which Mm -hmm. was also known as the San Antonio Brew Association. And that was just basically dudes with money breaking away from Lone Star and starting their own thing. Uh, 1902, Otto actually leaves Lone Star as a manager to take over as the manager of the San Antonio Brew Association, then became Pearl. Oh, okay. Yeah. During this time, he also has a wife, Emma Kohler. 
And in 1910, Emma Kohler gets into a car accident, which leaves her disabled in a way that she needs full-time nursing care. Mm -hmm. Uh, So Otto hires two nurses, one by the name of Emmy Dashiel and the other by the name of Emma Bergemeister. So there's an Emmy and an Emma. Right. Emmy is more of a uh, nickname, but mm-hmm. her name is also Emma. Oh, okay. Okay. So that was kind of the way they separated the two. Yes. The, this story is famously known as the story of the three Emmas. <laughs> <laughs> All right, then. And so Otto puts up uh, these two, the two nursing Emmas in like their own home. Mm-hmm. He just buys them their own home, puts the home in their name, and then has them live there, and then starts an affair with both of them. Oh, shit. So this dude's yeah. just a dirtbag. Dirtbag or millionaire. It's, 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 I mean, I don't, I, don't, I, don't, I don't like calling people dirtbags just because they, you know, have more than one lover. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We won't get into that discussion. I mean, if, if our differences of opinion on that one, if his wife didn't know about it, sure, it's a problem. Then he is being a dirtbag. Obviously, the two nurses knew about each other. <laughs> so, okay, all right, all right. <sighs> to move this along, I'll agree with you, Steve. Okay, I don't want to get into a philosophical discussion and come up the works. <laughs> but. Uh, with that, though, there uh, in 1914, there came a day where there was an argument between Otto and Emmy. Okay. So Emma Bergemeister, she picked up a pistol and she shot him three times in the neck, face, and heart. Oh, shit. And that made him dead. <laughs> 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 well, it's kind of hard to come back from that one right <laughs> she got him good <laughs> yikes uh she claimed that she did it in defense of emmy oh so, okay yeah she was defending emmy i get it's hard to say because nobody was really around to see it happen except for the three people involved and forensics was non-existent in that time more or less, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, she was uh, charged with murder, but she flees to Europe and serves as a nurse during World War One. Oh, okay. Eventually, though, after World War One, Emma Bergemeister does come back to America and stands trial and is actually acquitted of all charges by an all-male jury. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, she went on to move to New Orleans and actually marry one of the jurors as well. What? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) What? From every description I read, she was a tall blonde. So. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay. She's tall blonde and she has a German last name. So I don't know. She's. (laughs) I will just say she used her feminine wilds. Yeah. It is possible that she was mildly attractive. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) At least. (laughs) Can't hold that against somebody. Right. Yeah. Uh, In the meantime, though, Emma Kohler, she inherits the brewery from Otto. Makes sense. And 
she inherits it obviously uh, pre-prohibition but it's post-prohibition that the brewery actually really really takes off so Otto wasn't around to see the brewery thrive and it becomes one of the bigger breweries in the world hmm yeah uh it carry it like it carried on a legacy all the way into uh the the late 90s and you mentioned in the first segment that olympia was killed well yes guess who also killed pearl perhaps yeah <laughs> perhaps is good at that sort of thing i guess yeah Olympia is not the first brand. (laughs) (laughs) Well, because I think in a lot of the 90s and early 2000s, there was a lot of conglomeration of those regional, I'll say baseline beers. Oh, yeah. And like that, that actually started in the 70s that a lot of that happened. And the company that like the the company that owned Pabst actually bought Pearl to -hmm. begin with. And then it was when Paps transferred over to Miller that Pearl just fell to the wayside. It was no longer brewed in Texas and just died. They got one in the head, one in the neck, and one in the heart. Yep. <laughs> so that's the end of Pearl. But uh, I did a little searching just because we have two breweries in the PA area. I was just about to ask about that. Yeah. So... So the one the the current one that operates in Grove City, mm-hmm. that one doesn't even have anything to do with the one that operated in Erie. And the one in Erie is a lot older. Right. The one in Erie also opened up in 1883. Mm-hmm. That was started by Jackson Kohler. Uh, I could not find any link between those two families. And it was interesting, though, because uh, after Otto Kohler died and Emma Kohler had been sending money to Otto's twin brother, Carl, who lived in Germany. Mm -hmm. He moved his family to America and specifically Pennsylvania after Otto's death. And it was his son, Carl's son, Otto, that eventually also took over Pearl Brewery for a time. Interesting. So, yeah, but, but because, um, the Erie Kohler Brewery was already opened in 1883. They were obviously already here. Mm-hmm. but They had yeah, already been established. They were operating. Right, right. But I couldn't find like a link between the San Antonio Kohlers and the Erie Kohlers. <laughs> just, they're both German making German beers. Right. And I think that just like the fact that the Grove City Kohlers have nothing to do with either of them <laughs> either just kind of proves that that's a common ass name. Right, exactly. <laughs> Like uh, yeah, because as soon as you said Kohler, my my brain started to you know start asking questions. Mm-hmm. Like how how are these connected? They got to be connected somehow. Like honestly, I wouldn't be surprised if the surname Kohler either meant a like somebody who digs coal, <laughs> or b somebody who drags ice into the caves. Kohler, you know, Kohler. I I I know exactly what you mean and, yeah. and how you're yeah. I mean, not literally, but. I, I know what you're driving at. Right. Good possibility. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Just either, either, or just comes to my mind. So, but yeah, that's the story for that. The other murder story that I found very interesting is a little more recent. 
and it tied to an even bigger brand that's still around. It was the murder of Adolf Coors. Oh. Yes, of the Coors Banquet family. The Banquet Bear. <laughs> but uh, Adolf Coors, the third, he was born in 1915, just getting under the wire for the last time that you could use that first name. <laughs> I shouldn't laugh at that. Oh, Lord, I shouldn't laugh at that. Why? That's funny. <laughs> He's one of the last people to be able to use that name. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right, but it's just, oh, I don't want to laugh at that. <laughs> to tell his story of his ill fate, you kind of have to more tell the story of who murdered him. Mm -hmm. And that goes to the story of Joseph Corbett Jr. So Joseph Corbett Jr., he, by all accounts, like he was a genius intellect Okay. Was, yeah, he was a Fulbright scholar, which is kind of similar to a Rhodes scholar, mm -hmm. but it has more of a international uh, bend to it, in which they encourage people to do their research internationally and kind of learn from other cultures. Understood. Understood. Yeah. So he was a Fulbright scholar, and he was in medical school, and again, genius IQ. Uh he started having some sort of erratic behaviors. Uh, and in 1950, his uh, mother fell to her death. And apparently that just sent him over the edge. Oh, that just broke something in his brain. Yeah. It just, something was already kind of off. And then that triggered him yeah. and just sent him over the edge. Uh, so 1951, he is convicted of shooting a hitchhiker in the back of the head. Oh, that's not the kind of tie-in I wanted with the beer I'm drinking. No. <laughs> like at all. <laughs> I brought it around. Not you, hey. me. Hey. <laughs> not you, me. <laughs> so, yeah. he uh, He's convicted of shooting Hitchhiker in the back of the head and claimed it was self-defense because, you know, um, back of the head shots. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, Whoops. But uh, from all accounts, as he served his time, he actually went from maximum security to minimum security because he was a model prisoner. Hmm. And so in 1955, he is able to escape from minimum security prison. Oops. Yeah. <laughs> he, he just <laughs> left. <laughs> just walked out the door. Right. Uh during that time, though, he changes his name to Walter Osborne, and that's the alias he is able to just kind of live under and evade authorities under. And it's in 1960 that Adolf Kors III is driving to work from his kind of compound in one part of uh, Colorado mm -hmm. into Golden, Colorado, Except for he never makes it to work. He gets, I'll say, intercepted. He gets intercepted. And he gets kidnapped. And eight days later, they find uh, Joseph Corbett's car on fire in Atlantic City, New Jersey. Holy shit. Yes. <laughs> so he made some tracks. The, the timeline they were able to put together is that in the morning... 
as Adolf Coors was on his way to work, he was obviously intercepted, and uh, Joseph Corbett had been driving like this bright yellow car. Mm-hmm. Everybody noticed. <laughs> yeah. Like he subtlety was, was not his forte. Yeah, subtlety was not his forte. So he grabs cores. No one's really sure what happens after that. But eight days later, they find his car on fire in New Jersey because of him being recognized within mm-hmm. the area. Everybody seeing him, and then they go to check on this Walter Osborne, and they find that he's gone, and they find that also Walter Osborne had been ordering. A uh, restraints and a gun through the mail. Oh wow! Yeah, because remember, we're back in 1960. You can and you can just do that. Yeah, you can send in two cereal box tops and get a gun. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah, and then they also find a ransom note that is asking for half a million dollars for the return of Adolf Kors. Where did they find the note at? It was at the it was at the post office. So it he just, he just he, left it there. Well, yeah, he he typed he typed up a ransom note and sent mm-hmm. it to the post office to get delivered to Corz's house. Ah, okay. So they found it at the Morrison, Colorado post office. Holy shit! Yeah, and it, I believe it was addressed to uh, Adolf's wife. Uh, but then they're also able to tie that note to the typewriter they found at Walter Osborne's apartment. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, it wasn't until September of 1960, though, that they're actually able to figure out what happened to Adolf Coors when a pizza driver was taking a break and he went to the local dump to just do some target practice. <laughs> Because it's because it's 1960 Colorado. <laughs> That's what you do. It's what you do. <laughs> you don't have fucking podcasts and you know bejeweled games on your phone. You're just gonna go plank it in the junkyard. Yeah, you go plank it in the junkyard. <laughs> uh, but while he's plinking in the junkyard, he finds a pair of pants that has the uh, Adolf Coors name in sewn into a tag in it, and he also finds like a really nice pen that has AC3 uh, oh. inscribed on it. And so they start putting it together. He reports it and they do a sweep of the area and they find, uh, they find skeletal remains that they're able to decide. Yeah, this was eight off course. Well, I, how do you go from plinking in the junkyard to seeing a pair of pants and decide to go look at said pair of pants? Well, it, if I had to guess, he probably saw the pen first. I hope so. It was probably like a really nice pen that had like a gold, you know, whatever that little tabby thing is that keeps it in your front pocket. <laughs> right. Yeah. The, uh, the hook, the little hook yeah. thing. Yeah. I don't know what that's called, but I'm, I'm, sure, I'm sure there's some pen nerd out there that will write right. us and tell us what it is. And <laughs> Calligraphers. What the hell is the name of that thing? <laughs> yeah. Is it just a little hooky thing? I don't know. Tell us. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, you probably saw that and then picked up the pants and went like, oh, hey, Adolf Kors, that guy's missing. I've heard of him. I should I live, tell somebody. Yeah, I live in Denver. <laughs> I know what's yeah. up. Hey, Fred, I was shooting rats in the junkyard and I found some pants. Yeah. You want to come out and take a look? 
it's uh it's during this time that uh Joseph Corbett, he finds himself placed on the FBI top wanted list, top 10 wanted list, which, I mean, back in that time, he, I believe it said he was only 127th to ever make the list. Oh, shit. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, when you consider how many people were on and off that real quick, <laughs> mm-hmm. it wasn't until October 29th. So still like almost two months after they'd found uh, Adolf Kors remains and eight months after he had kidnapped him they they finally catch up to Joseph Corbett and he was in Vancouver oh he jumped the border yeah he jumped the border but uh, we talked before about how subtlety was not his strong point mm-hmm. and driving around a bright yellow car got a lot of unwanted attention for him which allowed people to identify him <laughs> Well, you'll appreciate this because do you know what car brought the cops down on him in Vancouver? What? A bright red Pontiac. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Perfect. As as the audience may not know, Adam used to drive a bright red GTO. <laughs> <laughs> Subtlety. It, it wasn't even in the owner's manual. Yeah. <laughs> but it, yes, it was a bright red Pontiac that uh, led everybody to catch up to him and the FBI was able to extradite him and bring him back and put him on trial. And he was convicted. And even though no one saw the murder or anything happened, it was, there was enough circumstantial evidence from everything that we already talked about, about the ransom note being tied to the typewriter, the uh, like the ordering of the gun, um, mm-hmm. but the cause of death they actually found for Adolf Kors was shot twice in the back. Yeah, that can't be self-defense either. Yeah, that's not, again, not <laughs> self-defense. So all of those things tied together. And then it was back to that yellow car. They found dirt and minerals on the car mm-hmm. that you would only find in the Golden Colorado area. Aha. Okay. So they were able to, you know, draw a path like, yeah, it was in Atlantic city, but why did it have all this Colorado dirt on it? That, that basically all the circumstantial evidence stacked up enough. that everybody just sort of said, come on, come yep. on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's just like, it's pretty obvious. Uh, so yeah, he, uh, Joseph Corbett was sentenced to jail. He was again, though, a model prisoner. And in 1980, he was actually paroled. Oh. Yeah. He lived out his life until the year 2009. Holy shit. Yeah. Yeah. At the age of 80, he was uh, like, he just, from all accounts, he was just quiet, reserved, didn't talk to anybody. He didn't talk to anybody about the murder either. And the few times he said anything, he just said like, it wasn't him and he was framed by the FBI. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, 2009 though, he actually, uh, he actually commits one more act of self-defense and shoots himself in the head. Oh, jeez. <laughs> oh, <laughs> <laughs> you were savoring that one. I know you're waiting for yeah. that one. Yeah. That was in the writing. Oh. <laughs> that was in the notes. <laughs> <laughs> 
but yeah, he, uh, yeah, 2009, he shoots himself in the head. Uh, he's 80 years old and like recently diagnosed with cancer. I was going to say, was there any motivation for it or he just have enough? Yeah. Was there a suicide note or anything like that? No. Or just, but uh, cancer diagnosis. Okay. I'd... Yeah. Yeah. He's, he's 80 and he has cancer. So yeah. Yeah. That was just kind of the end of that. Uh, but yeah, he, uh, that, he just maintained his innocence. But I think, yeah, he's pretty obvious he did it. <laughs> that is wild. Yeah. 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 So, it, it would... so Adolf is the third, he would be, he was originally going to be the heir of the Coors, uh, you know, Fortune and Brewery mm-hmm. and all that. Uh, he would actually be the uncle of Pete Coors. Current oh, head. yeah. Okay. Uh, Pete Coors was the son of Joseph Coors, who was the brother of Adolf the third. Gotcha. Man. You know what, though? I could still go for a banquet beer. Sure. I'll get down on one of them. <laughs> uh, Man, again, that wild. Again, have you been watching? Um, uh, you got to watch Cobra Kai. That's a good time for you to get into your banquet beer because that's all Johnny drinks. <laughs> oh, all right. Yeah, you're, yeah. because you mentioned what was it, a couple episodes you talked about that. Yeah. Yeah, I need to get in on that. Man. So speaking of getting in on stuff. Yeah. I guess we should talk about the beers that we drank. Yeah. I'll go first because that seems like the kind of thing that I do. Sure. The, the hitchhiker. Oh, man. I, you know what? I'm not going to make a hitchhiker joke. It's good. <laughs> the subsurface with pineapple and mango, it's really good, especially if you like that V8 Fusion kind of vibe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's really good. It does not have any booziness to it or anything like that. It's just this is a good, relaxing, fruited beer. Sounds like something that would be really good for when it's not cold. Yes. Yes. Now, granted, you wouldn't want to be, you know, drinking this right after you're done mowing the grass in the middle of July. Yeah. But this would be a good evening beer out on the back porch. Yeah. It sounds like a, a brunch beer or a yes. porch, or a porch yes. rocking beer. Uh, a brunch beer. That would perfect description. Yeah. This subservice is where it's at. Would drink it again. Good to know. Uh, death by coconut. It's fine, but not really. <laughs> I get it. I yeah, get it. it's it. It was way too, way too coconutty for me. Like it's it, the smell was overwhelming. You could smell it as soon as you crack the can. It just mm, smelled like SP forty five. Just wafted out. Yeah. Um. If you can, if you can cut through the coconut flavor there is a nice dry irish porter under this mm-hmm. like it is like all the coconut flavors just punch you up front but on the back end there's there's a there's a nice kind of balanced irish porter it's a little bitter yeah that's so it sounds like if they made a version called beat up by coconut <laughs> kind of dialed it down a little bit it'd be Right, yeah. right where you want it. Yeah, yeah. Beat up by coconut, mm, harassed by coconut, <laughs> menaced by coconut. <laughs> could do Believe all by those. coconut. Yeah, could do all those. 
<laughs> but yeah, death by coconut is it's a little too much and I feel like it'd be too much for other people, especially well, especially if you don't like coconut. But I appreciate that they it, I mean, come on, death by coconut. Oh yeah, hey, this is they one called of those, it. Yeah, this is one of those beers where like, you know, plenty of other beers fucking fall short. This one just shoots over to the moon, like Right. Right. Like yeah, they, they 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 I'll say overdelivered. The, I will say there's no hyperbole in the name. No. There's so plenty, you have to give Oscar Blues credit for that. Yeah. There's plenty of other beers that have too much hyperbole in what they're trying to deliver. There's no hyperbole here. It is too much fucking coconut. <laughs> yeah. They, they called their it. shot and then they blew a giant hole in the target. They did it. <laughs> <laughs> so, all right. We'll be back. One, uh, one, I don't know. We'll get some other beers. Why not? What the hell? Yes. That seems like the kind of thing that we do. Yeah. We'll get some fresh beers, and then uh, guess what we get to do, Steve? What? We get to make conspiracy theories. Yes. We'll be right back. Hi, I'm Lauren. And I'm John. And we host the Beard Owl Podcast, the podcast where we talk about two of the greatest things in the world, beer and Weird Owl. And a bunch of other stuff. That's right. Do you like nostalgia? Do you like sibling banter? Do you like beer? Do you like Weird Al? Are you human? If you answered yes to any of those questions, give us a listen. Become one of our loyal commenters. Welcome back, everybody. You you know what episode it is. I'm not going to tell you. To hell with you. I'm Adam. That's Steve. Let's get into our beers. Steve. Okey-dokey. What beer are you drinking for this segment of our murder podcast? Murder. So I am drinking something that's going to fucking murder my taste buds. Oh, really? Black IPAs are back, baby. <laughs> yes, they are. They are back from the dead. Yeah. Black IPAs are back. And I'm drinking the Grist House recent release of Hops of Darkness. How is it? It's a black IPA. Either you like them or you hate them. That's and, how. And I, <laughs> and I know that you like them. Yeah, that's how you go. <laughs> you have no choices. Um, so this one, though, I'll say it's very interesting because it does have like a little bit of a citrus nose to it. Mm, okay. Yes. But then it gets very bitter when you drink it. Interesting. Yeah. So it's very bitter, a little bit roasty. And, um, yeah, a little bit of citrus flavor again, but yeah, uh, it, I, I can see how this would be hard for some people to drink, but I, I don't know. Something about it works for me. I can't explain it. It just works. It's like string theory. It just works. It just works. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Thank you, Dr. Michio Kaku. It just works. <laughs> it just works. Yeah. Uh, I know we talked about this before couple two three episodes ago about the return of black ipas and then i was talking or it was actually episode 183.5 i think yes yeah Where and guess what happened yeah well i mean i saw it coming because i knew grist house was delivering this one and stone mm-hmm. was bringing theirs back and i know a couple other places have released some out on the west coast and I believe this weekend, Hitchhiker is releasing their own Black IPA. Black IPAs are back, baby. 2021, it's time to bring them back. 
Hell yes. It's overdue. Hell it's yes. Overdue. If there if there's going to be a, a, a bitter IPA out there, black IPA is the way to do it. That's right. Because it's, it's bitter, it's bitter and roasty. Yes. And as a yes. person whose only homebrew metal comes from a black IPA, they have a special place in my heart. <laughs> so what I'm saying, what I'm hearing is this beer is approved by a brewing award winner. That's right. <laughs> even, so, though, even though it's completely different from uh, the beer that I brewed, and it's completely different from the beer that I was trying to brew. <laughs> it does not matter. It Doesn't does matter. not matter. Grist House now has clout because yeah. of that. Oh, well. You have, you have added to the clout pile. Well, I mean, I'm pretty sure. I don't know. I don't know if I, <laughs> I, don't know if I mentioned it. I think I did. But like uh, one of the real, real early uh, Grist House recipes was a rye black IPA. I think I remember that. Yeah. I think you remember you telling me about that. Yeah. And that one was fucking great. But that's not what this one is. No. That's all right. They're allowed to make more than one good beer. Yeah. Yes. And they're allowed to make more than one good black IPA. So <laughs> that's true. And they, and they have because I like both this one and the original IPA. So, yeah. Keep it coming, Grist House. That's how it goes. Very nice. So, for me, I'm also going for the uh, Taste Bud Murder, but in a bit of a different direction. Uh, instead of a black IPA, I'm going with a Saison, but not just any Saison. This is yuck. a jalapeno size Saison. Ugh, yuck. <laughs> by new... <laughs> Sorry. So... <laughs> just reflex. <laughs> I know it is. I know it is. But this is from Wilmington Brewing out of Wilmington, North Carolina. So I'll be in a little bit of solidarity with you, Steve, in terms of not necessarily buying local. However, uh, the person that did buy this did buy it local. We'll call him the, uh, the Tar Heel Connection. He was there right. to set me up with this. So, so thank you for that. See, you, that's the thing. You didn't buy this beer, but in exchange, you did buy local to send to him. Correct. Yes. So you're so you're still in the good. I'm the only bad one who bought fucking Oscar Blues on a whim. <laughs> you're the bad actor. Yeah, and I was just look, people. I was just trying to round out a six pack of. <laughs> I, don't really, I don't really think you have to justify yourself. I'm just telling the people how it goes. I was just trying to round out a six pack. I was had I was having a sighty fit. I needed to get some sighties in me, and I had an empty space. And Death by Coconut went in that empty space. <laughs> You're not on trial here. It's okay. I'm, try, I'm trying to make amends because I didn't even <laughs> like that beer. So <laughs> you played yourself. Yeah, exactly. Well, I'm sorry. I'm sorry that you did that to yourself, Steve. But you kind of deserved it. I'm trying doing what you did. Exactly. I'm just but, uh, I'm just giving a full mea culpa for not <laughs> buying local. I was having a sighty fit. <laughs> but uh, in a roundabout way, this one is local. Uh, but yeah, I like this beer. It's been a while since I've had a good spiced beer. And the mm-hmm. first sip on this one that I took, I was surprised at the level of jalapeno in it. It is it is not overwhelming, but it is definitely there, and it still has that bite to it. Hmm. Because I've had some some jalapeno beers that have the jalapeno flavor, but don't have that the jalapeno bite to it. This one has it. That's good. And I I am a fan of it. It definitely leans more jalapeno than saison. Yeah, that's good because man, you said jalapeno saison, and all I could think was spicy horse blanket. <laughs> nope. <laughs> nope. It's more just spicy. Okay. 
And, and that's not a knock on, on the beer itself. It's, right. I just think it's more, more jalapeno forward than Saison mm-hmm. forward, which I'm good with. Yeah. Cause I, I, on the back end, there's a little bit of saisoniness. That's not a word, but I'm using it anyways. Sure. It's fine. <laughs> but it, in, you know, up front and on the nose and everything, like it's definitely jalapeno forward. Then you get a little bit of the saisoni in the back, just sort of a reminder. It doesn't try to shove its way to the front. It just yeah. sort of like, hey, I'm here too. And I mean, that's I, okay. I guess if you like that style, that's good though, because it's still rem- like it still at least represents the style. Mm hmm. Rather yes. than just like being unrecognizable, because yeah, then, because then at that point, why bother making a saison? Just make it a regular ale, right? Make it a cream ale, or you know, make it something that's a real light beer that just takes the adjuncts really easy. Yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah, I like this beer. <sighs> the only problem is I only had one in the fridge, so this is my last one. Hmm. But that's okay. But you have a Tar Heel connection, so just you know, put it on a list I, and be go more. I know of a guy. that one. <laughs> more I know of a that guy. one. <laughs> cool, cool. So yes, I yeah. It's been a while since I've got, had a good jalapeno beer, and I'm glad I was able to reset that clock. It's been a while since I've had one as well. I think Eleventh Hour put one out not too long ago. That I was, yes, they 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 make a good one. I was eyeing it up, but I just I haven't gotten out to buy it. Man, you know what? I I feel kind of bad that I, I haven't bought more 11th hour beer. I need to go buy more. I got one sitting in the fridge. I just haven't brought it on the show yet. Yeah. Maybe I next week. I need to. I need to. There's a lot. Damn it. There's a lot of breweries I need to. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> Damn it. Over abundance of riches. Yeah, I, I have. I have hour 12 by 11th hour. Oh, is me. that the one that has the, uh, the sparkly label? Yes. Nice. Sitting in the fridge. I just haven't brought it on the show. But maybe next week. Next week. Tease, tease. Yeah. But before we get into that, it is time, Steve, for your favorite game that we've never played before. (laughs) Yes. Murder on the IPA Express. Oh, good. Sounds fun. And what we're going to do is we need to knock IPAs down a peg. All right. According to you. (laughs) According to me. As you sit there with your black IPA after I complimented the black IPAs. But it's time to knock them down a peg. They're taking up too much shelf space. They're taking up too much tap space whenever we can go back and actually look at taps for more than two minutes before we turn around with our full growler. Right. And we need to pin a couple of murders on them. Yeah. On the IPAs. Get them. So I have a list of a few beers that have come and gone. And I'm fully blaming IPAs for that. All right. So we need to come up with a theory, a conspiracy, a reason, a story, something that we could spread on the internet to prove that IPAs are the murder of these styles. The murderer. IPA, they are all murderers. That is all there is to it. That's right. They've been killing tap rooms and they've been killing off styles despite all the ways that people are trying to bring back old styles. <laughs> people keep trying to make Satis happen. Satis ain't going to happen because of IPAs. That's right. So it's time to bring IPAs down a peg. So the first beer that we're going to talk about is near and dear to both of our hearts, Steve. Uh But it has been a long time since I've had one. And I know that they exist, but they are not out there in force the way they should be. Baltic Porters. Hmm. The lovable Baltic Porter. Hmm. A bit on the dry side, 
Yeah. Definitely on the dark side. Mm-hmm. Delicious. Bitter. Everybody loves a good Baltic porter. Can't get them anywhere. I blame IPAs. The only one I can think of, like off the top of my head, that comes to mind, and I don't buy it because it's not really in our area, but it's also uh, not, you know, craft kosher, mm-hmm. is uh, Danzig by Wicked Weed. Ah, yes. Yes, the Wicked Weed. Yeah. Poor fellas. Those, that's the only Baltic porter that comes to mind right off the top of my head. Mm-hmm. But yes, in general, it's really hard to find just like a straight up. Just a regular ass porter. It's a regular ass porter. Uh, yeah. Just as far as like regular, regular porters go, Lincoln Avenue has one. Mm-hmm. They're doing their best to fight the good fight of keep keeping porters alive. But those damn IPAs. So we need to come up with a conspiracy theory on how IPAs murdered them. Sorry, my bad. It's Devil's Backbone, not Wicked Weed. But it's all the same company. That's so all. Yeah, it's, uh, yeah exactly. <laughs> Six of one, half dozen of another. Yeah, it's all the same company. It doesn't matter. Because um, yeah, they're both uh, what is it, that Tennessee and North Carolina? Virginia. Nah, Virginia. In North Carolina, I believe. Yeah, hey. Let's not give them any more press. Yeah. <laughs> so I have a theory. Okay. All I right. think IPAs got into a rage because Baltic porters were, they were kind of in the old school. They were in the old boys club. That's true. They're you know, very old European style. I'm thinking that New England IPA got all hot and bothered because it was the new kid on the block, but it couldn't quite get past that Baltic porter. It took it out. Hmm. Cold blood. Hmm. Cut the brakes on the delivery trucks that all the Baltic porters were being delivered on. Cut the lines. I'm, you know what? I'm actually going to say this was a team-up. Oh? Yes. This was a double-team event. So you come up, and you have, you have porters, and you have stouts. Mm-hmm. Both are very, very similar. You know, sometimes stouts get the credit as being a little heavier. But what IPAs did is IPAs started putting a whole bunch of fucking marshmallows and lactose in there the same way stouts was. Uh-huh. And IPAs looked at stouts and said, hey, you and I, same, same, same team. We got fucking marshmallows in us now. <laughs> <laughs> you know who ate, got marshmallows in them? Baltic Border. Let's get him out of our way. That's right. And they both flushed the bitter roastiness of a Baltic Porter down the drain. Shit, you're right. Yeah. The marshmallow connection. That's right. It's the marshmallow connection. Marshmallows. (laughs) The Sours were in on this too. Um, They drove the getaway car. Yeah. I mean, Sours. Because they're too nice. They're too nice. They're too sugary. They're not going to get their hands dirty. Yeah. Sours. But they'll help out. They knew it was happening. They weren't the mastermind. IPAs were the mastermind. Oh, no doubt. Yeah. But IPAs took advantage of pastry stouts saying, hey, look at us now. Man, I mean, pastry stouts. They're just there to have a good time. Right. But I mean, when's the last time you really had like a just a regular ass stout that wasn't Guinness? That's another good point. That's another good point. 
So stouts have lost their identity. They got all confused. They fell into that, you know, IPA crowd, started falling in with decadent ales. Decadent ales is putting out fucking French mm. toast IPAs. <laughs> They're like, hey, I guess we're one in the same. And they forsook their Baltic Bort brothers. Left them in the dust. Sad. Just sad. Killed them. IPAs. IPAs are the worst. I can't believe they did that. And that's only the first one. IPAs are disgusting. That's... (laughs) They robbed stouts of their identity (laughs) and destroyed the Baltic Porter. (laughs) (sighs) Poor stouts. They're a shell of what they used to be. That's right. (laughs) However... The next one is is probably the saddest of them all. Yeah. Because this was family. This this was family. This was something that I mean they're related. But those dastardly IPAs took a look at the brute IPAs. They killed it. They killed it. Just as it was coming along. Sent it to the bottom of the ocean. Sent it. Yes, it was on the rise. You know, you had a lot of big breweries that are getting into the brewed IPAs. That's right. You know, it was coming into the mainstream. Goddamn New England IPA saw it again. They saw somebody on the rise, on the come up, and they took them before it was just too early. Took them from this world too early. It was jealousy, but it was family jealousy. To me, this was different. This was personal. I'm pretty sure there's a there's a... There's a Barksdale wire reference in here. Um, fuck. When he delivered the hot, nah, he, <laughs> they delivered the hot shot to the guy that was in prison who took the fall. Oh, fuck. Man, somebody remembers this better than I do. But Well, that just means I have to go watch The Wire again. I know, right. I just got to watch. It's, at least <laughs> with, it's, it's within the first Oh, no. Seasons. Yeah, it's, it's in the first three seasons, so it's fine. But yeah, I, I have a hunch that uh, this was pure, unadulterated jealousy of the little brother coming along. Yeah. they couldn't. New England IPAs couldn't stand the fact that somebody was coming out with a nice, dry, clean finish. Mm-hmm. Just a little bit of hop flavor to it. And they just got rid of it. They started putting in bad recipes to other breweries. They started confusing the style. Got it all mixed up in his head. They didn't know what he wanted to be. Misinformation campaign. Yeah, it was a big misinformation campaign. You had some regional breweries putting out some real trash that wasn't representative of the nice, dry, clean finish hmm. of a champagne IPA. They killed it. <sighs> killed it, and it just got done trying to overtake the West Coast IPAs, another dry beer. That's right. They got done with it, and well, here comes Brute. Can't I don't want to have... deal with this again. They saw clarity on the rise, and they hate clarity. Mm-hmm. IPAs, saw, that's right, because they saw it. Yeah, IPAs aren't about clarity anymore. Because you know what clarity reminds them of? Pilsners. <laughs> that's the real enemy. And IPAs been trying to kill Pilsners for a long-ass time. <laughs> Pilsners will never die. My hard. fridge will make sure of that. <laughs> it's hard. You know what else, <laughs> you know what else I, IPAs try to kill? They try to What's kill that? the black IPA. <laughs> but the black IPA was too resilient. That's right. Black IPA is back. It came back. Black IPA said I wasn't having any of this fucking shit. It's here to avenge the brood IPA. I'm going to be bitter and citrusy, and I'm not going to have any clarity to me at all. That's right. It, it combines everything together. Yeah. 
It, it it draws upon the power of the Baltic Porter, but also adds in a bunch of citrus. Oh shit! So wait a minute here. Are are we are we saying that the Black IPA is combining the powers of all the other murdered beers while uh, still trying to be an IPA? I'm saying I'm saying the West Coast IPA, Shang Sunged the fucking soul of a Baltic Porter to become a Black IPA. Damn. Yeah. So this this hops of darkness that you're drinking does it have a dryness to it as well? Yeah, yeah. It's it, like it, it it starts really roasty and bitter up front, and then finishes citrusy and dry. Damn. Okay. So it's picking up a lot of notes. So it basically it went through IPA's murder book. Yeah. And just turned it into an fu book. Like now nah, I'm going to do all this. Yeah. That's and that's the way a black IPA should be. Mm-hmm. Completely agree. It is it is the antithesis of these murderous New England IPAs. Sons these, of bitches. You know, we make fun of them all the time, calling them citrus soft baby kisses, but those are kisses of death. That's right. Hatred on the inside. Just ruining every other style, taking it off the market, <laughs> like making palettes too weak. I mean, that's what they really are doing. They're just making palettes too weak to stand stronger beers. Oh, oh, that, that's a very good point. This is this is the conspiracy theory. The conspiracy yes. theory is drinking so much of this soft, dry-hopped Citra IPA is that it makes your tongue weak. It makes your constitution weak. It makes you bitch-made. <laughs> okay, first of all, I've never heard the phrase bitch-made. I don't know how well, you like haven't. It. I don't know how you haven't. You grew up in the 90s with me. I don't know. I, I've never heard that, but I like that. I'm going to start using that yeah. at work. Yeah. Makes bitch made so that like when you get anything with actual real flavor, that isn't candy. You get overpowered and you don't want to go back. You want to go back home. Yeah. You hate it. So that's why you start hating Baltic porters because they're too bitter. You hate black IPAs because they're too bitter. You hate fucking West coast IPAs because they're too bitter and piney. Anything with a strong flavor profile. It's got to go. So New England IPAs are doing all that to say, why don't you come back to me? Why don't you come back home where it's soft and safe? Yeah, come back to your safe snowflake space. Shit. That's the conspiracy. That makes a lot of sense. So what you're saying is the the New England IPA is a a direct feed into the reduction of masculinity in America. Absolutely. Shit. And furthermore... Where do New England IPAs come from? New England. Yes. Yeah, you got me. You're right there. And you know who else plays in New England? Who? Well, used to, but Tom Brady. Oh, it's all coming together now. Everybody loves Tom Brady. And sure, he wins a lot of games. But you know what else? He's got soft baby skin because he's also bitch made. Wow. Because he's never had to really take a hit like any other quarterback. So are you saying that Tom Brady is the cause for the downfall of the Baltic Porter? I'm saying Tom Brady is the inspiration for soft New England IPAs that in turn turned everybody's palates to soft, weak, just the same way that Obama turned the frogs gay. (laughs) (laughs) New England IPAs turned everybody's tongues weak. And shit, you're right. They can no longer tolerate anything with flavor. So what I'm hearing is because they're trying to reduce our our level of appreciation for strong flavors and things like that. Mm-hmm. 
I think what that means is there's a bigger conspiracy to get everybody's palate dulled down. Yes. Further and further down. So that way, eventually, the food lines can start getting stuff fed into it that we wouldn't ordinarily eat, but we won't notice because our taste buds are so dulled down. Right. And I think it's also just a way to turn crops and turn everything into palatable sawdust. Yeah. Okay. So eventually because of the new, the new England IPA is being used as a vehicle to eventually turn us into eating gruel and possibly even soylent green. I don't know, but possibly. Right. I mean, if you've seen the movie Snowpiercer, you know, everybody just eats the same protein block. Mm -hmm. And that's the next step after Citra, uh, Citra IPAs. Not unlike what you also have in the Matrix. Right. Well, no, because the Matrix was different. The Matrix actually told your brain that. Oh, no, I'm talking outside the the Matrix. Oh. When you're on the Nebuchadnezzar. Oh, you just. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. The fucking the gruel protein. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, you just eat that slop. And I mean, hey, yeah, look at that gruel. And that's not too far off from some of these sloppy ass, chunky IPAs that are out there. So the reason behind that is because I think they have to reduce the level of crops that are being produced in the world mm-hmm. because they have to reduce the acreage. Because obviously, you know, when you want some strong flavor and things like that, that's acreage of plants and animals and things like that and herbs and spices that you have to use land for. Right. That's variety farming. That's right. You get rid of all of that. That means there's a whole lot more real estate available. Cut all the hops down to just citra. Cut all mm-hmm. the barley down to like a little bit of wheat and some two row. Yeah. yeah. Now the question is, why are they trying to get all of that real estate back? Well, one would say that you could start with New England being jealous of Colorado and the West Coast for actually making flavorful beers. Oh, okay. But then you have to question, is New England just under another pe- puppet mastership of the Illuminati? That's what I was thinking is that it's just being used right for a, for a bigger scale operation that I don't know what it could be. Again, I think it's just trying to get us to snow piercer protein blocks. Man, but why but why do they want the snow piercer protein blocks? There has to be another reason beyond that. Because it's just cheap to feed that to the plebs and then let the let the rich technocrats just dine on the real food that they ah yeah. okay okay so, so, so all right so you're right you're going with this. yeah you're right in reducing acreage and you know variety of crop but there's still going to be bespoke crops for the 0.01 percent so what you're saying is is that the new england ipa is a driver to be able to have a essentially a class split between the haves and the have-nots yes and then yeah. the haves will take all that extra acreage and things like that and use it for their playground and their wants and needs while the have-nots get nothing. Right. The haves will still have barrel-aged stouts. Mm, the haves okay. will still have 100 IBU Simcoe IPAs. But the have-nots are just going to drink all this weak baby shit. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. And just because, I mean, it has just enough alcohol to dull your senses also seltzer look at it oh shit i didn't even think about seltzers look how easy it is to produce just a little bit 
just a little bit of fruit pumps out of the, the extract machine. Look at you. Now you're That's a slave a really to the machine. Good point. That's a really good point. And really, it, it, I, I really think you're onto something that it ties into Tom Brady. Yeah. I mean, Tom Brady is just kind of the poster boy inspiration. Mm-hmm. Just, they just looked at him and said, ah, look at his soft baby cheeks. And everybody this thinks, is how we can start this. Yeah, this they, is how we can start to carve off the edges and things like that. that that's why they started in mm-hmm. New England, because they thought, hey, you know, Tom Brady, everybody thinks he's a winner. So we're going to convince people beer from New England is also a winner. That makes not, a lot of sense. It's not. <laughs> I, I see the correlation, and I can I can could buy into that. So it's all IPA's fault that eventually one day there will be a dystopian future where we will yeah. get nothing, and the point one percent will have everything. Oh no, it's here. <laughs> <laughs> and we have the IPAs to blame for it. Yeah. Or, I mean, if you just want to look at it as a regular person and not a fucking whack job, <laughs> just just most people are boring. So they like boring things like ABC television and Citra IPAs. <laughs> yeah, but that's not nearly as much fun. I know it's not as fun. It's just like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I like our theory better. Yeah, no, I like our theory better that Tom Brady is the inspiration <laughs> For the technocrat elite to create <laughs> to create a soft baby kiss beer. <laughs> to eventually get us into a snow piercer society. Yeah, that destroys every other style <laughs> and wrecks palates and makes them too weak to sustain and palate, you know, fucking stronger, more flavorful beers. Oh, that's the other thing, is because when you get down into a very bland and repetitive beer. Mm-hmm. You kind of lose something that you want to fight for. Yeah. Because you don't, you don't, you know, you kind of forget about the the spice and the sweetness and all the nuance that you used to have. You forget about all that. Yeah. So you don't necessarily have the the wherewithal to fight for that again because you don't remember what you would be fighting for anyways. Exactly. I mean, you drink like two bland ass citra beers and you still get the same palate fatigue you would from, you know, heavier and bigger beers and more flavorful beers and you forget that if i drink a death by coconut it's going to cut through all of that shit and mm-hmm. taste like suntan lotion you might not like it but it'll at least reawaken your senses and same thing with this jalapeno saison from wilmington you know the first sip i had was ooh, ooh, i like this you know it mm-hmm. perked me right up mm-hmm. you wouldn't you're not going to get that with a new england ipa Exactly. So I think the best way to sum up sum it up is don't let these people control you. They're out there after you trying to dull your senses. Yes, I believe that is correct. <laughs> so bottom line, don't let the technocrats try to drive you into oblivion. I'm an American, into, god damn it. <laughs> and into protein block diets. Drink yeah. a variety of beers. Don't let them feed you cockroach jello. This is bullshit. <laughs> Fight the algorithm. <laughs> Fight the algorithm and the machine. <laughs> and I, I like to think that I fought the algorithm quite nicely with this jalapeno saison yeah. from the Wilmington Brewing Company. Yeah, this is this is not soft baby kisses. This is not just protein block gruel. No, this is just this is a good beer, and I appreciate that it is a. 
jalapeno forward beer rather than one that sort of had a jalapeno sprinkling to it. Mm-hmm. Like it was legit. I liked it. I'm going to have to get some more. So well done, Wilmington. Would drink again. Right on. And of course, I'm still flying the banner of the Hops of Darkness, the Black IPA by Grist House. Uh, yeah. It's a resurrection of a style that I like. Yeah, Keep I, going with it. Yeah, keep that Black IPA stuff rolling. Yeah, I'm going to see if I can find some stone and hopefully I can pick up some Hitchhiker. I want to see other breweries out there put their own version out. And if you want to have an award-winning recipe contact me we can try to work on it that's right also and shout out to, to cobble house they've got a really good black ipa as well oh yeah the, what is it the black bear the black bear yes yeah that one's never gone away it's good ass beer it's been here but yeah yeah that is a good ass beer. Uh, ooh, 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 sorry oh <laughs> the burp ups yeah <laughs> oh baby spicy <laughs> oh i don't let you know you're alive <laughs> Spicy. Oh, all right. Okay. <laughs> I'll tell you what. I had the burp ups on that uh, Death by Coconut, and it came up like the, the Caramel Delights cookie. Oh. That, it was actually fine on the burp ups. It's just, you know, every other way that it wasn't so great on. <laughs> well, no, I was on because I realized it went up my nose, too. Mm-hmm. And, whew, yeah, that woke me up. Pisces pepper in the nose. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'm ready to go another round if I need to. Nice. But I don't think I need to. No, you don't need to. We've reached the end of the episode. Yes. So that means if you want to reach us on social media, all you have to do is search Hop Nation USA and they'll get you Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. And if you want to find brand new episodes of the Hop Nation USA podcast every Friday, as you should, then search Hop Nation USA on your favorite podcatcher like Podbean, Google Podcast, Apple Podcast, Spotify. And anything that starts with pod or ends in cast. I also think we might be on Libsyn. I don't know. <laughs> I don't either. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. But uh, yes, if you're on any of those platforms, leave a five-star review because... We are a six continuations of Willy Wonka in a chocolate factory, but they only let us use five. And that's a bigger crime than all of the wonderful, flavorful styles that IPAs have destroyed across the years. Sad. Just sad. Sad. <laughs> low energy low energy no good <laughs> yes go drink yourself a beer that is chock full of flavor that's got something try something different keep yourself on your toes exactly i had i had a conversation with somebody that i had to tell them you know when beer fest come back it's a good idea like if you try something from breweries that you haven't had mm-hmm. and when you try from those breweries, don't try their IPAs. Yeah. Like w- there, are, there are three or four identifiable IPA breweries in this city that, you know, yeah, their IPAs are really, really good. But there's a lot of other breweries that like they put out good beers that aren't IPAs and you should try those beers. Yes. Expand your horizons. Yeah. Expand your horizons and remind yourself of the styles that you used to drink because honestly, you, you know, pre 2010, we didn't drink this shit. <laughs> nobody started with IPAs. Yeah. Almost nobody. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, in the IPs you did start with, didn't, 
tastes like this blanket of fuzz. <laughs> White noise citra. <laughs> Honestly, that'd be a good name for a beer. Yeah, it would be. <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like that. Write that one down. We'll we'll hold on. Let me check real quick. Blanket of fuzz. <laughs> uh no, blanket of fog is a burial beer, but Hey, good enough for me. Yeah, it's fine. So, yes, buy our stuff, tpublic.com. Uh, search word Hop Nation USA, all one word. That'll get us all, most of our merch, T-shirts, yes. masks. Uh, I think you can get some signage, some pillows. There's a whole yeah. bunch of designs there. Yeah, you can, buy, you can buy flags if you want. Yeah, uh, yeah, Steve makes good stuff. Go check yeah. it out. Buy some, buy some merch. Also... If you're in the mood for a Hop Nation USA podcast glass, like you see on all of our Twitter and Instagrams, and possibly even on our YouTube videos, which are released on Mondays, fueledbyhops.com. Go to their store. You can find us there. We are the Cyber Drunk Glass. Yes. It's a good one. It's a good one, but we only have a little bit. Yes. Supplies are limited, and that is not hyperbole because I'm looking at the supplies right now, and it is limited. <laughs> Very, very limited. So get them while you can, but please get them. Do yourself a favor. It's a good-ass glass. Yes. But with that in mind, we're going to bring this episode to a close. We are. Yes. And we'll be back next week with something new. We got stuff in the works already. We're we'll actually have, planning ahead. We're, we're planning ahead, and we, we will probably have guests. So there. <laughs> Yeah, so take that. Good guests. And don't let them control you. <laughs> <laughs> Say <Save> next week. <laughs>